I'm Kate Daniels. Heart health, so critically important for all of us. And we just may not realize some of the simple things we can and really must do so we can live a long and vital life. No one better than an advanced nurse practitioner to teach us, someone like Rose Laporte. Rose has a career in cardiology, working at CHI Franciscan Health in Tacoma, and has had her own personal encounter with a heart issue. So listen close and carefully to all she has to share with us this morning. Rose Laporte, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us today. Thank you very much. And thank you for your chosen career in nursing as a nurse practitioner, specifically all the years that you have dedicated to our hearts because you work in cardiology. I do. I worked in cardiology for for many years, and it's not just my dedication to to you and and all the other people out there, but I had family that had heart disease, and I myself have had heart, heart, some heart issues as well. So was that perhaps the impetus for focusing on this specialty? Interesting enough, no, it wasn't. I was already in the field before both my, my family members and I developed any symptoms of heart problems, but it certainly encouraged me to keep going. And thankful we are that you are going in this direction because of all all the experiences that you've just noted and you are then an ideal person to help us to understand our own health and potential predisposition or already the awareness we might have that there is a family history. So what is happening with the Heart Association? They've really focused on Go Red for Women, correct? We have. It's been in, um, in an existence for about 15 years or so. Um, it's a, a program, a movement um, to help raise awareness and um, educate and uh, actually help fund research to focus on women specifically in, with heart disease. Um, most research that has been done on heart disease has been on men historically because we always thought men were the main patients that we would have. They were usually the ones that that would come up with heart attacks and other kinds of heart disease. But we realized that women actually um, were also having heart disease. We were just looking at it differently. Um, Heart disease is the number one killer for both men and women in the United States and has been for many years. So this campaign is really to, to help women realize that we are potential patients as well. And so th- that's really a critical thing to underscore here is that it is the number one killer of both men and women. And women, because we've had such a focus and it's been a really great benefit on breast cancer, and look at what that awareness has done, correct? It has. You know, we all see, you know, the little pink ribbons, which are wonderful. I actually had a sister that passed away from from breast cancer, but I've also had two parents that passed away from heart disease. Um, heart disease is the number one killer of men more than all forms of cancer combined. So um, that just gives you uh, another way to, to look at it is that um, it's, it's bigger than everything else out there. Everything is important, but you know, this is still the number one issue in the United States for health. 
And so we do want to take a look at what it is that goes on and how we might approach that in our own lives. But you mentioned, Rose, that you yourself experienced a heart condition. Can you tell us about that? I can. So um, first, it, it kind of highlights that there's are, there are actually many different types of heart disease. Um, I had an irregular heart rhythm. So um, most people, when they think of heart disease, they, they tend to think of heart attacks and cardiovascular disease, which is always so important. But there's other things out there as well. So I had um, a condition called a cardiac arrhythmia, and it's where my heart beat was very irregular and very fast. I had it at a young age, um, and it was treated with medication for a long time. And then eventually I actually had a procedure um, to stop the, the irregular heart rhythm, and it was called an ablation. I had that done also many years ago, and I'm doing great. And so when this was first discovered for you, because we may learn about that for our own lives or someone that we know, what manifested, what was going on in your life that this was diagnosed as it was? Well, it's one of the more subtle kind of um, heart problems that we can experience, particularly at a young age. When the symptoms are starting off, they're very obscure. Um, I was in my early 20s. I was very healthy. I was actually um, studying exercise physiology, of all things. And so I was exercising a bit, and I was surrounded by all kinds of healthy people. But I started to notice that I was getting out of breath much more easily than I should have. I was tiring more easily. I was getting dizzy spells. Um, I would feel my heart pounding and pounding. And um, I, in being in the field I was in, I had the opportunity to hook myself up to, to heart monitors and kind of observe myself. And I did notice, oh, gosh, this is not right. You know, something's, something's a little different than my friends here. And I was able to talk to a cardiologist and, and get an actual diagnosis. So an, act, an irregular heart rhythm actually deals with the electricity of your heart. Um, there are two main things we look at on the heart. We look at the plumbing of the heart, and that's where cardiovascular disease comes in. That's the, the, the arteries that supply our blood with heart are like plumbing. They supply the heart with blood tubes that blood travels through. My issue, which was different, was more the electricity of the heart, and it has to do with what causes the heart to beat, what causes the heart to move. Little electrical impulses go through the heart, and as most people, there's supposed to be a regular way that that happens. Mine did not happen that regularly, so mine was very, very fast. I was having normal heartbeats about 150, 180 beats a minute. And a normal heartbeat is supposed to be between 60 and 100. So mine was going very fast, and it was causing all of those symptoms to develop. And it started subtly, like I said earlier, and built up and built up to a point where it was really something I was noticing. And um, luckily, I was um, able to get some attention and get that taken care of. And so in terms of that, one of the things is you were able to take care of it. Was it a surgical procedure? 
So initially, I started out with medication, which is what the, the most people end, end up doing with my kind of issue. Start out with med- medication that can um, control your symptoms mostly and try to prevent this irregular rhythm from occurring. And I did that for many years, almost 10 years. And medications just stopped working for me. I was also at an age where I was um, hoping to become pregnant. And I knew that those two things didn't go together. So um, I did have the procedure called an ablation, which is, uh, it sounds rather ominous, but uh, we take catheters that go through your arteries and veins and uh, go up to your heart. And they find and map out the location of these irregular heart rhythms. And they can heat up the little tips of the catheters where they burn the little part of the heart tissue that's creating that irregular heart rhythm, essentially kind of killing that little part of the heart muscle. But it actually works like, if you're thinking of electricity in a house and wires, it actually like works like it's kind of cutting the wire. So it stops that irregular rhythm from going from one part to another part. Um, and the procedure lasted, you know, um, you know, several hours. It was in the hospital one day, out the next, no big incisions. Um, and I was fine and up walking around um, and felt great the next day. So it's a, it was a simple procedure. Um, but again, something that, you know, I had to, had to think hard about. Um, but um, in the end, it worked wonderful, and I'm, I'm doing well. I was able to go on and do the things I wanted to do in my life, and still do. Which is wonderful. And so it is what you would say long-lasting or a permanent kind of treatment or procedure so that typically one would not go through that again. Hopefully. There are some irregular heart rhythms that you, you may experience again and some that maybe you have to have this procedure once or twice, but in my situation, you know, once I'm, mine was fixed, I was basically cured. Isn't that incredible? It seems to me that one of the key things here is a real good sense of self-awareness, really identifying things in our body, getting to know our body, and seeing where things might be a little off some of that, of course, being to have a, a good relationship with a nurse practitioner like yourself uh, and our medical doctor, even. Exactly. Um, you know, my situation um, was very noticeable to me. Um, it was something that I really couldn't ignore. But on the other hand, other forms of heart disease are not quite as easily noticeable. So we have to pay attention to things that put us at risk for heart disease particularly cardiovascular disease. Um, We have to look at um, those things that we know put us at higher likelihood of developing heart disease. I mentioned that my parents both had heart disease um, of the vascular kind. My father had many heart attacks and had heart failure. So family history is very important. Um, Looking back to our mothers and fathers and our sisters and our brothers, who had, may have had heart problems that developed at an early age. Um, we also have to be, like you said, self-aware of our own, our own bodies and our own numbers is what the American Heart Association is really promoting, is know your numbers. And we're talking about some very specific things, though. Um, we're talking about your blood pressure, which is an easy enough measurement to take. Um, most pharmacies will have these automatic blood pressure machines that you can take, 
and that's a good screening tool. Um, also knowing what your cholesterol is, and that's a blood test. And another blood test that can be done at the very same time is your blood sugar, um, which is a, an indicator of diabetes. Um, we also want you to know your, your height and your weight, which leads to the uh, term called body mass index. And body mass index is, um, you know, an indicator if you're, if you're short and you carry a lot of weight, that puts you at higher risk than a tall, thin person. It's kind of a, you know, most people think, oh, well, that's take that for granted. But, but knowing what your number is and being able to compare it to other numbers, that's a different thing, and it makes it more, more, um, more likely for you to pay attention to it when you see it on a piece of paper and go, oh, that's a little high compared to everybody else. So those numbers are very important. So again, really find out. Uh, if you don't know what those are, make it a point to get that done as soon as possible, right? Exactly. And most you know, primary care providers um, are, are very aware that those numbers uh, are important. And it's included in essentially a basic um, medical exam, you know, your, uh, an annual um, exam that you might have. But if it's not being, you know, suggested that you have these, particularly if you know that, that, that you either have the family history or you may have some symptoms that are bothering you, ask. Ask your primary provider to tell you what your blood pressure is so you know what it is, to check your cholesterol, to let you know what that is, and to make sure that it's being treated if it needs to be treated, and to know what your your body mass indexes so that you're much more aware of, of things you can do to fix that. Now, as we talk about heart disease, cardiovascular disease, we are becoming much more aware that stroke is really included within this uh, whole entity, right? It is. The American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association are really working in partnership because if, 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 we think about it, a stroke is, is kind of like a heart attack of the brain. It's the same disease process. It's a vascular disease where your arteries um, that supply your brain do the same thing that arteries under your heart do. They can fill up with plaque and, and, and block off. And the risk factors for heart disease are basically the same as they are for stroke. Um, so. Um, we're trying to make sure that people understand it's really the same disease. It's just happening in a different place, and it has a whole different set of, of symptoms when you're talking about, about a stroke versus the symptoms that uh, having a heart attack might include. And really, because those are pretty detailed, that kind of information is available on the website for the Heart Association, right? It is on both the American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association. So particularly like for stroke, um, there's a, a really nice um, acronym called FAST, F-A-S-T, and it stands for the main symptoms of a stroke. FAST, um, the F is for facial drooping, and it's like one side of your face um, doesn't appear the same as the other side. It droops down. Um, and you can have the A is arm weakness, and it's typically one side versus the other. Um, you may notice the arm is, is, doesn't do what you want it to do, or it's numb or tingly. 
Um, S is for speech difficulties, slurring your words, unable to to think of words that you want to say. You may want to, you may be looking at um, a refrigerator and say, sunshine, um, which is, has nothing to do with what the refrigerator is. Um, you may also um, look at the T, which is time, meaning time to call 911 because um, time is an essence when it comes to both stroke and, and heart attack. The sooner that you get treatment, the more likely you will have to recover um, completely from, from both stroke, stroke and heart attack. And one of the great benefits here in our area, I understand, is that we have such a great system in place that anyone who calls 911 as quickly as possible really has a very high, high chance of recovery from either the heart attack or a stroke. Very true. You know, we in the Pacific Northwest are very blessed with a a very well-trained system of medics and hospitals, and time really is the the most important thing in heart attack and in stroke. We measure ourselves as as providers and hospitals on how well we perform in terms of time. Once we know someone is having symptoms and we're very strongly suspicious it's a heart attack or a stroke, the clock starts, and that's how we grade ourselves: is if we're doing a good job, if we get someone who has are having symptoms through the treatment process of coming in through the emergency room, getting treatment, and having re- resolution of their symptoms. And we're talking like 90 minutes or less. So it's very, very important the sooner you are aware something is not right that you call medics and get evaluated because that's when is the most important time to receive treatment. Precisely. So with stroke, it seems a little more defined, uh, perhaps more apparent what is going on. For me, it feels with heart attack warning signs, it's it can be more subtle. It's very subtle, and it's very different for everyone. And one of the things for the Go Red campaign is that we want to make sure everyone is aware of what the symptoms are. You know, for a lot of people, we understand the crushing chest pain, the elephant sitting on their chest. That's mostly the traditional classic symptoms that that men typically um, present with. Women are more subtle symptoms, and it's, it's like you said earlier, it's being aware of our own bodies. Um, yes, chest discomfort um, and chest pressure, chest heaviness are common symptoms as well, um, but it could be something just as a fullness in the chest, and a lot of women have have told me, it feels like my my bra is too tight or my bra is still on, and they've taken their bra off. Um, So it's that that tight sensation around the chest. It can be symptoms not even in the chest. It can be tightness or pressure or numbness and tingling up to the jaw, the throat, the arm. That's just one thing. Um, It can be shortness of breath. Um, feeling like you're you're out of breath when you've just climbed one flight of stairs when, man, you never noticed that before. You could usually climb multiple flights of stairs and not get out of breath. Um, it can be being very tired, very fatigued, with no explainable reason. You know, you're sleeping well and you're you're doing your normal life, but you're just 
you get tired more easily than you used to, lightheadedness and dizziness, and just feeling unwell and not having an explanation for it. And those are really the classic, classic women's symptoms. I actually um, spoke with a patient of mine a couple of days ago who had a sudden onset of minor chest discomfort, but it was enough to bring her to the doctor. And she ended up being diagnosed with heart disease. She ended up being treated with a stent. And the following morning after the procedure and I was talking to her and asking her how she felt, she said, oh, I feel great. I feel better than I have in years. I just never knew that those were the symptoms of heart problems. I just thought I was getting old, and she wasn't. Um, The symptoms she was having were her warning signs, and she just wasn't aware, which is, you know, one of the things I'm trying to do do today and do with all the the work that the American Heart Association and the Go Red for Women campaign is, is doing is awareness, education, and taking it all very personally, not just listening to it and say, oh, that's someone else or that's not me, making it about yourself and taking those words to heart and doing something about it. Exactly. And I feel that you're such an ideal person doing this work, Rose Laporte, because you are obviously an excellent teacher and you have a passion and a compassion for this that is really getting the information across in such an easy-to-understand way. So I I really thank you for being so committed to this work. Thank you. I, I do really love what I do, and I hope, you know, being able to do things like that to make more people and and women aware of their responsibility to themselves. And that's something that, as women, I think we tend to, I don't want to to be prejudicial here, but women tend to take care of others first, put everybody else first. And one thing I really like to promote is we can't take care of other people until we take care of ourselves. So thinking of ourselves and making sure that we get appropriate medical attention and checked out for certain things that may be bothering you as a woman that may put you in this category of of having symptoms and, and having a problem that can be fixed before it becomes something that is much more impactful in your life. We want to get these things taken care of before you have to end up on a lot of medications or have procedures or surgeries because there are things we can do to prevent heart disease and stroke. There are things we can do to prevent the progression of these diseases as soon as we know that we do have them. So it's one of the things, uh, a statistic that is really impressive when you think about it, 80% of all cardiovascular diseases may be preventable. And it's just by the awareness of knowing what your numbers and the signs of heart disease are. Um, So being very aware. And isn't that an incredible number? 80% are preventable. Yeah, Yeah, take that in and and think about that for a while, especially if you're somebody who already has some symptoms or have family members or you yourself have heart disease. If things would have been done differently, it could have been prevented. And one thing I do have to preach a little bit here is one of the very easiest things to do to prevent both heart attack and stroke is to stop smoking it's a choice to smoke. 
yeah, once you've started, it may be hard to stop. But that is something that can be stopped with just putting your hand down and taking the cigarette away. That is, that's very, very important. We can't underscore that one enough. And if it is a challenge, there's so much help available to take that risk factor off the table. Very much so. And the American Heart Association has much information on their websites and reading material and links to other places and other things that can help you with all of these issues. And we want to mention, along with all this education and encouragement and support, there are wonderful ways to be involved in supporting the American Heart Association. One of them, uh, tell us about the Go Red for Women luncheon. So the Go Red for Women luncheon, there was one um, in Seattle, and there's one coming up in Tacoma on April 25th, and it is at the Museum of Glass. I was there last year. It was great. It's a wonderful meeting of of women and men, but um, it's a fun day. Um, Mainly goal is to help raise awareness and hopefully raise some money for research. The research money that the Pacific Northwest raises in the Go Red for Women campaign, it stays local. So it's something that helps our community. It doesn't go off somewhere and never heard heard from again. It's money that stays local to help all of us and our families. So that luncheon is only one of the many ways that we try to help promote women. But it's a great day. I mean, everyone's wearing red. There's balloons. There's a luncheon. There's speakers. It's a wonderful way to help ourselves and our sisters and our daughters and our mothers to really become involved in not just our own health, but the health of all these other lovely people and the the great sisterhood of, of women and learning about our hearts. Exactly. And really seeing the amount of support that is there, hearing the stories, I think, again, underscores what we can do for ourselves, because going back to that 80% of heart disease is preventable, but we need to know what to do. So that self-awareness and education is so critical. It really is. And You know, I talk about it all day long, so it's something that it's part of who I am. There are, like I said earlier, many people that just don't take all that information in and and make it personal. So that's one of the, the things we're trying to promote is this is something we should all pay attention to. We should all know what these things are. And if you don't, you know, schedule an appointment with your healthcare provider and make it a point to know what your numbers are, like all the numbers I mentioned earlier, and do something about them if they're not where they should be and take really ownership of, I mean, it's your heart, nobody else's but your own, and take ownership of that so that we can continue to live great, healthy lives. And really vibrantly, I think that you've mentioned so many key things this morning, Rose, that I key in right now on the one about the woman who said, oh, I thought I was just getting old. I feel so great now that I had this procedure. So we need to be aware that take a look at ourselves that way and don't just say, oh, I'm getting old. Exactly. And when I was talking to this particular patient, I knew I was going to be talking to you today. And so I mentioned to her, I said, you know, there's a lot of great information out there on women and heart disease. Did you not no, or did you not see any of these things? She goes, oh, no, I, I heard all that. I just didn't think it was about me. And, 
you know, that's so important. You know, she really reminded me that it's something that you not just have to hear all of it, but you really have to take it in and place all the information that you hear and you know and make it very personal. And denial is a wonderful, wonderful way to go through life, but it's a very bad way to go through life when it comes to your heart. Don't deny that this could be you and that this could be something that can greatly negatively impact your health and your life. And if you make some simple choices, some very simple things that you can um, take to heart, literally, and do something about that will make you have a better quality of life. Exactly. Definitely personalize it. And what have we got to lose if we find out that, oh, I guess I don't have those risk factors. We still can be that much healthier. Exactly. I mean, that's great news when you look at your numbers and go, oh, look, my numbers are great. But it's that finding out first, you know, you can be surprised because heart disease and all these things that I mentioned in terms of knowing your numbers, you can't tell when your cholesterol is elevated. There's no symptom of that. There's very little, if any, symptoms of high blood pressure. It's called the silent killer because you don't feel bad when your blood pressure is elevated. And until your blood sugar, which leads to diabetes, until that becomes really abnormal, you don't feel that either. There is no way to know any of that unless you actually get those numbers checked. So they can be bad numbers in disguise, you know, that you won't even really know that are there until you really get those numbers checked. Yes, exactly. Well, teacher, nurse practitioner, Rose Laporte, you really have given us such important information and in such a way that is just so encouraging, I feel, and uplifting. Thank you for being such a great supporter and encourager. I really thank you for your time. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure.